hello wonderful people and welcome once again to another episode of Chance from Thursdays where we take your heart, your mind and your life to the next level through the word of the Lord. Thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode. So on this week's episode we are continuing on our little series of the gift of Christ and the different things that we get to have. So this week's episode is going to be about peace. So I kind of looked a little bit as to the definition of peace and what that meant. And I know for some of us, we may know peace as shalom, but define peace is sort of a restoration to wholeness. It is, as we kind of figure, an absence of conflict. Peace is also a sort of completion. So I know with the absence of conflict, we already kind of recognize when countries are not at war, of course, there are peace. And when there's no turmoil in a city, in a nation, we tend to say that that nation is at peace. And so bringing those definitions into this peace that we get because of Jesus' birth, this peace that we get to have, it's kind of the same thing as well. And I'm going to walk us through some Bible passages and showing us how that peace is reflected through the Word of God and how we get to experience that because of Jesus' birth. So of course, you already know, we have to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. In the New Living Translation, it reads, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So when we look at verse 6. We see that one of the things that Jesus, who is that child that has been talked about here in the book of Isaiah, one of the names that he will be called is Prince of Peace. This means that peace comes from Jesus. There is no other source of peace that we can have. And when we take it back to the definition that I kind of went through a little bit earlier on with how peace can be defined as a sort of restoration to wholeness, we can kind of see it in the New Testament how Jesus was the personified restoration to our wholeness in our relationship with God. And that's why salvation can be no other name but in Jesus. So when we turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 from verse 19 to around verse 23, but I'm just only going to read the first couple of verses. And so in verse 19, in New Living Translation of Colossians chapter 1, it says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus in his physical body. 
As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And of course, if Jesus wasn't born, he obviously would not have been able to die for us so that we can be reconciled, so that we can be able to be brought back into the presence of God. And that is why even before his birth, when it was prophesied in the Old Testament, it was said that he is the Prince of Peace. So he is the one with which restoration in our relationship with God can come through. He's the one in which we can have a completion of what was once missing to be restored and for that to be an absence of conflict and turmoil. And that's why I believe in the book of Acts, it says that there is salvation in no other name because no other name has that power to be able to bridge that gap. Because, you know, when we just read here in Colossians 1 verse 19, it said that God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, which means that God knew the only way to restore us as human beings to himself back into that relationship, back into that wholeness, back into that communion was for him to come down as a child, to come down in human form for us to be able to have that gap bridged up. And that is one way in which the Prince of Peace manifests. So then when we go back to Isaiah chapter 9 in verse 7, the part that kind of stuck out to me, well, I guess there's two parts. So the first portion in that verse of verse 7 that stood out to me is where it says his government and its peace will never end. In a way, it kind of was an oxymoron to me. And an oxymoron, for those that may not really know, is when two terms are stated in a sentence, but they're kind of contradictory. So let's say faithful, unfaithful, or falsely true. In a way, I kind of feel like peace and government doesn't go together because there's just always so many political fights or political tension. Whenever you mention government, there's always someone that is against it. There's always someone that's for it. And there's always all these things. But the thing is, with Jesus' government, it has peace. And that peace will never end, which means we can trust in his rulership. We can trust in his direction. So when he gives us guidance, we can stand on that knowing that his government and its peace will never end. So if Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior, you can know that when you believe in him, when you are being led by him, you will always have peace and it will never end. It's not something that today he's in power, tomorrow he's dethroned, or you know, another party is in power. No, Jesus's power and authority cannot be rivaled. It is not something that someone can come and take away from him. It's one that he always has. And this verse really just stems onto that which helps us as children of God to be able to rest in that peace to rest in the fact that okay God you have the ultimate power and no one can dethrone you and because of that I can get to trust in you with that knowledge that you are not someone that somebody's gonna come and just take over but your authority is final and your authority is true forever and then the second portion that I wanted us to also notice is in the latter part of that verse 7 where it says the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this possible or will make this happen. I just love the word passionate commitment because it shows that God is not just 
half-heartedly dealing with us, interacting with us. It's something that is very intentional. And even when we go back to Colossians chapter 1, and we see in verse 22 that where it says that, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ Jesus in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. God wants us to realize that we need to continue to stand in what it is that he makes available to us as children of God, especially with the peace that comes from him. And even in verse 23, I didn't read it early on, but reading it now, it says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So the fact that we must continue to stand and believe this truth and stand firmly in it because God's passion is always there. And so we as well need to remember that that peace is for us because we believe in Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. There is turmoil. Outside from that peace, outside from that restoration, there's brokenness that is not of the good kind. There is a destruction, but that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to be in that place where he has reconciled us and in that place where the government is upon the shoulders of Jesus. So with all this being said, having peace doesn't necessarily mean that our life would be without conflict at times, without negative situations, because if that was the case, then one, we would never trust in God to see us through. And two, we would not have a hope to look to heaven. We would not have a hope to look to something that's better, something that's perfect. So when we look into the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we see here in this passage that the shepherds were being told by angels about the birth of the Messiah. And we see especially in verse 12, which was like, wow, I've read it before, but it reminded me of what I was going to, what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to read from verse 11 first, actually. And so it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. When I read it, strips of cloth kind of stood out to me because it wasn't like you would find a baby properly dressed and clothed in the newest and bestest newborn outfit, ready to go home in a hospital or some nice fancy inn. No, this isn't a manger. He's probably barely wrapped because in strips of cloth, like it kind of connotes that the cloth wasn't that much and it's just something that they were managing. Despite this, it did not take away the fact that peace is on earth. We see in verse 14 of that same Luke chapter 2, it says, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The fact that Jesus' birth was in a manger, the fact that he probably had barely enough clothes to cover his newborn baby self, that did not take away from the fact that peace had come to the earth. And that just reminded me that even when we go through certain situations in life, even if we are metaphorically wrapped in, you know, strips of cloth, 
and we may be in some sort of lack, we may be in some sort of situations that aren't so fortunate, we can still have peace. We can still know that the Prince of Peace lives within us. We can still walk in the knowledge and the fact that peace on earth, peace in our lives, because we have Jesus with us, because we have the one that has come to restore our relationship with God, which means that the presence of, you know, negative situations does not mean it is the absence of the peace of God. We just have to choose to remember to stand in that position, to stand firmly in what we believe. And in a way, I kind of see peace as walking on water as Peter did. When Peter walked on water and he was looking at Jesus, and when he was looking at Jesus, he didn't sink. But as soon as he looked around and he saw the waves, because the waves were always there. But the fact is when he took his perspective and his eyesight away from the Prince of Peace, when he focused on the storms, then he began to sink because it became overwhelming. But the fact that when he was looking at Jesus, when he was looking at the peace, he was walking like a bus. Well, I'm imagining that he was walking like a bus. I'm sure the other disciples on the boat were probably like, wow, Peter, you did that. How can you walk on water? Can you teach us? Like, that is so cool. I'm sure they probably commented after he got out or, you know, even before he decided to step out. So in saying that, I just wanted to just encourage us to as well that having peace doesn't necessarily mean that all your life is perfect in terms of you have everything that you desire. You have no worries. Your bank account is flowing. Everything is bomb. Everything is cool you're just living life up no like in this world the bible says in this world that we will have trials and tribulations but we must have courage because we have overcome this world and by remembering who is with us by remembering what we have which is peace through the prince of peace himself and it helps us to be able to have the proper perspective so that even when the winds and the waves are raging and blowing, still our eyes are focused on the Prince of Peace and our peace will not be shaken. Finally, as representatives of Christ and as people with whom the Prince of Peace lives within us, we are meant to bring that peace everywhere we go. And we bring that with the Holy Spirit. We bring that by being gentle, by being humble, and by being patient with people, whether it's people in the body of Christ, whether it's people outside the body of Christ. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 2, when we are asked to do things in love, do things with patience and gentleness and humility. This helps us to cultivate and ensure that we, in our parts, we are doing what we need to do to keep that peace of God in around us so that we're not you know, having all these backbiting issues, we're not having all this gossiping, we're not having all this unnecessary conflict because where there is no peace, then there is no unity. And if there's no unity, then the love of God cannot be seen. And we need to remember that we are truly Christ's representatives. And if Jesus truly was or is the Prince of Peace, then we need to make sure that that Prince of Peace is seen through us in everything that we do and in everywhere that we go so that people can tell that, yo, there's something that's different because of your presence here with me. So I hope that was an encouragement as to understanding the peace that we get because of Jesus' birth. I really encourage you to just 
go in by yourself and look into these different passages that I've mentioned and you know also google some stuff too as well and just find different ways of studying this piece and come into a greater understanding for your own self so that you may continue to walk in that peace regardless of what you face in life so thank you all so much for listening bye and god bless you